<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, June 1st, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, what I believe is the first ever walkout in Facebook history. The biggest acquisition in Zynga history. Samsung Access is an interesting ARR play to get ahead of a supposed Apple Prime subscription. And an Android event this week was canceled, but a PlayStation 1 will go on. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. In... What is thought to be a first in the entire history of the company. Facebook employees are staging a virtual walkout today, protesting CEO Mark Zuckerberg's decision to allow President Trump's inflammatory posts on Facebook to stand. Quoting Shira Frankel and Mike Isaac, who broke the story in the New York Times, the employees who took the day off by logging into Facebook systems and requesting time off to support protesters across the country also added an automated message to their emails saying that they were out of the office in a show of protest. The group is one of many clusters of employees attempting to push back on executives. As of Monday morning, many employees continued to discuss a list of demands for management. The movement, a virtual walkout of sorts, since most Facebook employees are working from home because of the coronavirus pandemic, comes as staff members have circulated petitions and threatened to resign. More than a dozen current and former employees have described the unrest as the most serious challenge to Mr. Zuckerberg's leadership since the company was founded 15 years ago, end quote. Well, time for a little context. You might have heard that some stuff went down over the weekend. In fact, some stuff went down like literally eight blocks away from where I'm talking to you right now since the Barclays Center it's just a quarter mile or so over yonder here in Brooklyn. And, well, lots of tech folks had lots of stuff to say about all of this. So let's start with a quick sort of roundup of some of the responses from the tech world. Amazon's official account tweeted, quote, The inequitable and brutal treatment of Black people in our country must stop. Together, we stand in solidarity with the Black community, our employees, customers, and partners in the fight against systemic racism and injustice, end quote. To which the ACLU's official Twitter account responded, quote, Cool tweet. Will you commit to stop selling face recognition surveillance technology that supercharges police abuse, end quote? Microsoft posted the remarks of CEO Satya Nadella, quote, we need to recognize that we are better, smarter, and stronger when we consider the voices, the actions of all communities, and you have my assurance that Microsoft will continue to advocate to have all those voices heard and respected, Nadella said, adding that employees should, quote, have empathy for those who are scared and uncertain, and join me and everyone on the senior leadership team in advocating for change in our company, in our communities, and in society at large, end quote. 
Tim Cook, in a memo to Apple staff addressing racism in the U.S., said Apple will give to nonprofits like the Equal Justice Initiative matching staff donations to that nonprofit two to one throughout the month of June. Quote, we have to reexamine our own views and actions in light of a pain that is deeply felt but too often ignored, Cook said. George Floyd's death is shocking and tragic proof that we must aim far higher than a normal future and build one that lives up to the highest ideals of equality and justice, end quote. YouTube joined Apple by saying it will donate $1 million to the Center for Policing Equity, a nonprofit think tank that works with police departments to change discriminatory practices. The Google and YouTube homepages both have notices of support for racial equality on them today. And then quoting Reuters, in an internal company memo criticizing racism, Snapchat Chief Executive Officer Evan Spiegel appealed for comprehensive tax reforms in the country with corporations paying a higher tax rate. Quote, We cannot end systemic racism without simultaneously creating opportunity for all people regardless of their background, he said. In short, people like me will pay a lot more in taxes, and I believe it will be worth it to create a society that benefits all of us, he said. End quote. But this is quoting TP Insights. Of the 30 tech companies we were able to confirm made public statements by Saturday night, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg was missing in action. The billionaire CEO had yet to make a statement, and people took notice. As of the publishing of this story, Facebook had not made a public statement. One employee tweeted, I don't know what to do, but I know doing nothing is not acceptable. I'm a Facebook employee that completely disagrees with Mark's decision to do nothing about Trump's recent posts, which clearly incite violence. I'm not alone inside of Facebook. There isn't a neutral position on racism, end quote. So there you have the context for the walkout. President Trump published similar statements to the ones that Twitter flagged late last week, statements that critics say incited violence around the recent protesting. Zuckerberg released statements Friday and Saturday with the usual platitudes around how he did not believe Facebook should be an arbiter around things like speech. And then late Sunday night, Zuckerberg posted this, quote, We stand with the black community and all those working towards justice in honor of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and far too many others whose names will not be forgotten, end quote, and then pledged to donate $10 million to groups working for racial justice. But this came as far too late for apparently far too many Facebook employees. And note that Facebook has not changed its stance in regards to the president's statements on its platform. And indeed, Facebook continues to position itself in direct opposition to some of the editorial decisions made recently by Twitter in particular. So that is the background over the weekend that has led to the walkouts today. I'm going to quote at length from this piece from CNBC because, again, I think it's worth giving you the cadence of the unrest that is happening internally at Facebook at the moment. Quote, Jason Toff, director of product management at Facebook, said he wasn't proud of how the company was showing up, adding that most of his coworkers feel the same. Brendan Dale, a front-end engineer at Facebook, said, quote, Trump's glorification of violence on Facebook is disgusting and it should absolutely be flagged or removed, end quote. David Gillis, director of product design at Facebook, said Trump's message, quote, encourages extrajudicial violence and stokes racism, end quote. He added, quote, respect to Twitter's integrity team for making the enforcement call, end quote. 
Josiah Golden. A product designer at Facebook retweeted Gillis and said he agreed, quote, I'm gravely concerned that if we're only willing to enforce our standards based on presumed intended meaning and never on apparent meaning, we're always giving bad actors room to play the I didn't mean it that way card, he said, quote, a very slippery slope, end quote. Diego Mendez, a product design manager at Facebook, said, quote, Facebook's leadership is wrong and that he has voiced his concerns internally, end quote. Dan Premack just tweeted, quote, From a company culture perspective, hard to overstate the significance of a Facebook employee walkout, end quote. But hey, sources have also been telling Axios that Mark Zuckerberg and President Trump shared a phone call on Friday that both described as productive. So maybe they've worked things out. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide dot com slash ride. Let's be real for a minute. Most guys would wear a t-shirt every day of their lives if they could. The problem is that most t-shirts are not acceptable to wear at work or out on a hot date night. But today's sponsor, Cuts, has finally changed that. Cuts t-shirts are such high-quality, wrinkle-free, and so buttery soft that you can look like you're dressing up even when you're dressing down. Yeah, you heard that. Wrinkle-free. You never have to substitute comfort for fashion ever again. If you see me in a t-shirt, it's likely one from Cuts. I'm also a huge fan of their AO5 pocket pants, the right sort of step up from jeans without going all the way into dress pants, like literally my ideal Venn diagram of professional looking but comfortable feeling. When you touch something from Cuts, you can immediately feel the quality. Their proprietary fabric blends are ridiculously soft and breathable, they don't wrinkle, and they look way more expensive than they actually are. For a limited time, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you use code RIDE at checkout. That's 20% off your order at CutsClothing.com with promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. CutsClothing.com, promo code RIDE for 20% off. Zynga is doing its biggest acquisition ever, paying $1.8 billion, half in cash, half in stock, for Turkish mobile game developer Peak. Quoting Bloomberg, The Peak deal will bring Zynga a popular lineup of puzzle games called Toon Blast and Toy Blast. The company is making the acquisition at a time when video game companies are thriving along with purveyors of video and adult streaming as the pandemic drives a search for diversions. 
Peak is an amazing founder success story made in Istanbul and the first Turkish unicorn exit said Roland Manger, co-founder and partner of Early Bird Venture Capital, one of Peak's backers. The acquisition is expected to boost the number of average users playing Zynga's games daily by more than 60% by expanding its international audience, Gibbo said. Zynga's acquisitions have been critical to its revenue growth and its successful turnaround under Gibbo, who took over as CEO in 2016. The idea is to create a mini-empire of successful game studios that can make franchises that remain popular for years, end quote. I gotta say, this is pretty cool and pretty smart if you were worrying about competing with a supposedly upcoming Apple Prime subscription or whatever they're going to end up calling it. Samsung has officially launched what it's calling Access, a new service for U.S. users which, for one monthly fee, will get you an S20 handset, Samsung Premium Care, a Microsoft 365 subscription, one terabyte of OneDrive storage, and other bells and whistles. Quoting 9to5Google, It will only be available for those buying a new Galaxy S20, Galaxy S20 Plus, or Galaxy S20 Ultra. We're not sure if you will get the opportunity to join access with older devices or not as yet. That entire package is quite enticing, given that Microsoft 365 can cost as much as $99 alone, while one terabyte of OneDrive storage is $9.99 per month separately. The Samsung Access program is priced at $37 per month for the Galaxy S20, $42 per month for the Galaxy S20 Plus, or $48 per month for the Galaxy S20 Ultra. Luckily, you can cancel your membership at any time, which will remove all of your benefits. The only catch is that you have to commit to a minimum three-month membership, or you will be charged a one-time $100 fee to leave early." Researchers are reporting that new algorithms aimed at making neural networks more efficient actually end up performing no better than old algorithms, thereby suggesting that the state of the art in this particular corner of AI has seen little in the way of meaningful progress in the last 10 years. This is from the journal Science. Artificial intelligence just seems to get smarter and smarter. Each iPhone, for example, learns your face, voice, and habits better than the last, and the threats AI poses to privacy and jobs continue to grow. The surge reflects faster chips, more data, and better algorithms. But some of the improvement comes from tweaks rather than the core innovations their inventors claim. And some of the gains may not exist at all, says David Blaylock a computer science graduate student at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Blaylock and his colleagues compared dozens of approaches to improving neural networks, software architectures that loosely mimic the brain. Fifty papers in, he says, it became clear that it wasn't obvious what the state of the art even was, end quote. The researchers evaluated 81 pruning algorithms, programs that make neural networks more efficient by trimming unneeded connections, all claim superiority in slightly different ways, but they were rarely compared properly, and when the researchers tried to evaluate them side by side, there was no clear evidence of performance improvements over a 10-year period. The result, presented in March at the Machine Learning and Systems Conference, surprised Blaylock's PhD advisor, MIT computer scientist John Gutag, who says the uneven comparisons themselves may explain the stagnation. It's the old saw, right? Gutag said. 
If you can't measure something, it's hard to make it better, end quote. Researchers are waking up to the signs of shaky progress across many subfields of AI. A 2019 meta-analysis of information retrieval algorithms used in search engines concluded the high watermark was actually set in 2009. Another study in 2019 reproduced seven neural network recommendation systems of the kind used by media streaming services. It found that six failed to outperform much simpler non-neural algorithms developed years before when the earlier techniques were fine-tuned, revealing phantom progress in the field. In another paper posted in March, Kevin Musgrave, a computer scientist at Cornell University, took a look at loss functions, the part of an algorithm that mathematically specifies its objective. Musgrave compared a dozen of them on equal footing in a task involving image retrieval and found that contrary to their developers' claims, accuracy had not improved since 2006. There's always been these waves of hype, Musgrave says, end quote. I missed this late last week, but I wanted to make sure to pick it up for you in case you hadn't heard about it. Google says it will be delaying the Android 11 beta release, as well as the virtual launch event that was scheduled for that for two days from now, June 3rd. However, Google wants you to know that the final release for the next Android is still on track for Q3, quoting 9to5Google. The first Android 11 beta was originally expected this month, but that was delayed as Google decided to add a bit of extra time to the release schedule from February. The Android team at the start of the month said that it's collaborating remotely and prioritizing the well-being of our families, friends, and colleagues. As a result, it pushed back beta 1 and all subsequent milestones by about a month and released developer preview 4 instead. The company on Twitter said that Quote, now is not the time to celebrate in light of ongoing societal protests across the U.S., including in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we will reschedule at a future date, end quote. In lieu of a physical I.O. conference, the Android 11, the beta launch show, was meant to showcase what's new in the operating system this year. It would have started with an hour-long keynote at 8 a.m. PT on Wednesday, June 3rd. Afterwards, senior members of the Android team were supposed to host a live Q&A session. Earlier this week, the company posted the list of Android 11 talks that would also be released that day. They were originally scheduled for I.O. 2020 and include the annual What's New in Android, All Things Privacy in Android 11, and What's New in Android Development Tools, end quote. And finally today, sticking to things that were or are on this week's schedule, Sony says that it is on track to launch PlayStation 5 this year and has begun manufacturing the console already. And guess what? There will be a games-focused event that it will hold on June 4th, Thursday. Quoting the PlayStation blog, This digital showcase will run for a bit more than an hour, and for the first time, we will all be together virtually, experiencing the excitement together. A lack of physical events has given us an amazing opportunity to think differently and bring you on this journey with us, and hopefully closer than ever before. This is part of our series of PS5 updates, and rest assured, after next week's showcase, we will still have much to share with you. Please join us on Twitch or YouTube on June 4th at 1pm PDT." Hey, some of you might have noticed that I've been experimenting with different release times for the show lately. I think I even hit publish on an episode last week at noon. Well, I just wanted to say that that's not going to be a normal thing because stuff still happens in a day, so it's still useful to release in the afternoons, even if we don't 
any of us have commutes anymore. For instance, had I published at noon today, I would have missed the Facebook walkout news. And tomorrow, I wouldn't expect the show to be released a minute before 5 p.m., but for personal reasons. In fact, it could be even later than 5 p.m. tomorrow. As I said last week, the McCullough family is going to buy a car for the first time. And a deal just came through this morning that I'll have to attend to tomorrow, thereby not giving me enough time to line up a guest host for tomorrow. But don't worry, it shouldn't take me long. How long can it take to buy a car? Famous last words. And I'll wake up at five or so to begin writing and recording as much as I can, just allowing me time to do the rest whenever I get back in the afternoon. So anyway, show might be five o'clock or later tomorrow. Just letting you know. Talk to you then. 